Next on BYU Sports Nation, vote BYU to the Big 12 in 2016. Change that matters. Is BYU one vote away from a Big 12 invite? Blaine Fowler's in studio, also Arizona play-by-play. Brian Jeffries on the Wildcat quarterback controversy and tackling issues in Tucson. Plus, goalkeeper Rachel Boaz of 16th-ranked BYU women's soccer. And what do BYU fans want more than Big 12 inclusion? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by... The BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. We're doing it live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, August 23rd, welcome to BYU Sports Nation, wherever and however you're dialed in. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the clean-shaven McDonald's menu consultant, Jerem Jordan. Breakfast all day was my idea. I just want to make sure everyone understands that. <laughs> <laughs> that that's one of the greatest decisions in the history of mankind. I, I mentioned yesterday, didn't I, on the show? I can't remember. Um, that I was going to shave the mustache because we, we shot a commercial for BYU Radio, uh, which makes no sense, for TV. That makes sense. <laughs> uh, yesterday. <laughs> so I shaved it because there's no way in heck that I was going to have a mustache for a commercial. You didn't want that to live on an infamy in a commercial? No, it'll live on uh, probably the first show in January. I'll probably have one okay. after Christmas. That's probably the next time. <laughs> but you didn't want to propagate it in a commercial? No uh, propaganda. on No. No, there's no <laughs> propaganda on this show ever <laughs> about BYU. <laughs> ever? No. Hey, did you no. hear uh, who won the Big Mac poll question, by the way, yesterday? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. out of 772 votes when asked if they would eat a Big Mac at McDonald's said yes. 36% said no, and 4% said eating one right now. 4%? Wow. (laughs) What's 4% of 772? I didn't know that 4% of— That's like 30 votes. That's like 30 people. I didn't realize 4% of your Twitter followers lie. (laughs) That's what I realized. You think they're lying? Yeah. Calling my Twitter followers liars? Yeah. Whatever, they're, man. I, they're probably my Twitter followers. <laughs> There's a good chance. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football has practice number 14 today. There is media availability today with Facebook Live post-practice interviews starting at around 1.30 p.m. Eastern. For the latest on fall camp, let's go live to practice with Lauren Frankham, who joins us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Lauren, welcome back to the show. Thanks. What's up, guys? What are your initial thoughts as we enter the final week of fall camp? That's what's up and what we want to know right now. Well, I'm watching Johnny Linehan do place kicking right now, and that's on the spot Kalani Satake said he was a little unsure about right now, but he's, he's looking good as I'm watching him. My biggest questions right now are who is going to be the starting QB, obviously. Who's going to be the opposite corner to Mike Davis, Troy Warner, Akile Davis, Michael Sheldon? And will they have a healthy defensive line for the first game? And I was cryptically told by somebody that I will be receiving an answer to one of those questions by the end of today. Mm. <laughs> but you gave four or five of them, so we have no clue uh, what one it could be. Are you alluding to potentially a starting quarterback being named today? You know what? I don't, I don't know. I can't say. But all I know is one of those three main questions, the last three that I said, we will be getting an answer one of those today, so that's fun. Hmm. Lauren Frankham with us from BYU Football Fall Camp. How far along has the offense come in terms of learning a new pro-style offensive scheme? 
you know, offense is starting to really come together. They're picking up the offensive scheme a little more, getting a better handle on it. The run game is looking solid. The offensive line is getting stronger. And Kalani said there's even a few different lineups that they're starting to use. The receiving core, it'll be nice to have Nick Kurtz back and a few others that got banged up in fall camp. But there's a variety of speed, strength, and size in that position group. So that makes me really excited. Lauren, what is the latest on Nick Kurtz? Um, He's just out there taking reps. I think taking it a little slow like he's been doing. He's not fully healthy yet, but he is out there. All right, Lauren Frankham, great stuff from BYU Football Fall Camp. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, guys. Lauren Frankham on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Johnny Linehan is a punter. They're trying him at place kicker. That is a nothing against Johnny. That is a sign of desperation for the position that they don't have a guy. This concerns me because it's a point score. So BYU is trying to figure out who the place kicker is. Um, James Baird, Andrew Mickelson will join the team, I think, next week. Who's going to take Edwards. kickoff duties? Who's the guy they want to be able to kick the ball out of the end zone? As much as, as, much as uh, kicking gets a bad rap, it is a huge part of the success of a team. And so uh, that, that's a yellow flag. I wouldn't say red. A yellow flag going into the season for me for BYU football right now. Other headlines from BYUSN today. Bill Connolly of SB Nation ranked all 128 FBS teams. BYU enters that list at number 39 and in tier four of the eight tiers of college football right behind Utah and Boise State. Literally right behind. Utah is 37, Boise State's 38. Interesting. So how about them apples? 16th ranked women's soccer lost one nothing to Nebraska last night. What? Which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Nebraska snapped BYU's nation-leading 18-game home win streak. They scored in the 55th minute. BYU couldn't get on the board, and they lost. What happened, man? You called the game. It was just a weird... It was the perfect trap game. Coming off an emotional Mm. win on Friday, you don't get to practice on Sunday. It's a Monday game. Choose not. Early start, yes. And Penn State is next. Yes, on Friday. Number, number two, two ranked team in the country. Rachel Boaz, the goalkeeper, will join us in about 40 minutes. You know, and I, I know that the BYU team will say, there's no excuse. We still need to yeah. show up and win that game. But it had all the makings of, like, sure. the perfect trap game. And it's the beginning of the season. I know they're ranked 16th. There are a lot of uh, great expectations. Some people think this team could uh, make a run. A serious run in the tournament. I still think they can. It's just an early hiccup, in my opinion. Goalkeeper Rachel Boaz will join us in 40 minutes. How about the Cougars in the Miners update? Jacob Brugman went two for five with a home run. Four, uh, three-run homer, actually. Had four RBIs as well. A run and a walk for the AAA Nashville Sounds. And Adam Law went four for five with two runs and a stolen base for the AA Jackson Generals for my Seattle Mariners. It's time that we rise and shout and get to what's trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU, a better team for a better Big 12. While it took 49 minutes for us to mention the Big 12 Conference in yesterday's show, yeah, we're not wasting any time today. Seven minutes, 23 seconds in, let's go. No, you said it three seconds in in the tease. That's true. <laughs> three seconds. That is very true. So we wasted... Three seconds getting to it today. (laughs) Greg Swim, a radio personality in the heart of Big 12 country and previous guest of BYUSN, has fanned the expansion flames yet again with a few tweets yesterday. Now, how much credibility do you give it? I'll leave that up to you. But here's the information. At G Swim, will BYU and the Cincinnati Bearcats get Big 12 invites soon? 
Quite a few media who follow Big 12 expansion think so. Okay, my reaction to that, Jeremy, is great. A lot of media members think BYU and Cincinnati are getting in, but they're not the ones voting. Therefore, what? The Big 12 presidents are voting. But then Swaim tweeted the following about the presidents and their potential votes. Not as of this morning, but BYU and UC have seven and six votes, respectively. Eight could happen soon. Greg Swain will join BYU Sports Nation tomorrow. Now, that's interesting because he's actually saying votes, okay? So you need a supermajority. You need eight. So BYU, in theory, according to Greg Swain, one guy saying one thing. Be careful on that, right? Um, one vote away. Oh, <laughs> okay, interesting. Now, that means there's three teams that are either against or just undecided. Yes, in this process. Now, if Houston you remember, had two votes, Cincinnati six. Yeah, Houston only two. Interesting. Only two, there. right? You'd think that Texas would be one of them. According to Greg Swaim again. Now, if you remember, expansion candidates need a supermajority, eight out of ten votes from the Big Twelve presidents to get an invite. Now, if that information is good, BYU is one vote away, as Jaron pointed out. And the thirst for power five inclusion is real, my friends. And clearly what BYU fans want the most, or is it? That brings us to our Twitter question. This is an all-timer. It really is. Uh, <laughs> what would you rather have for BYU Athletics more than a Big 12 invite? Use hashtag BYUSN. I have a very different opinion than the fans so far on this. At Jeffrey's Jeffrey, a Pac-12 invite or Jerem Jordan to shave his head again? You I, want Jerem Jordan to shave no. his head again more yeah. The Big 12. <laughs> I'd do a lot of things. Like, if BYU got in the Big 12, I would do X, but I'm not saying anything at this point. Okay, <laughs> here's my opinion on this. Nothing. I want a Big 12 invite more than anything else. That includes national championships. Whoa, wait. It does. Because what the value of a national championship is tremendous in the short term. In the lo- Do you want long-term stability? Do you want money that equals power and access? Do you want better bowls? Do you want better overall athletics? What about, what about the doors? What about the doors a national championship would open? Though? Yeah, the 84 national championship opened a ton of doors. Totally different it era. It opened no doors. Totally different era. It was a great thing. It was the great and worst, the best and worst thing to ever happen to BYU football was that they won a national title. The standard changed for fans. Um, so every year they think there's a shot at the national title, which is great. It's fun to be optimistic, right? Um, and, and the best, obviously, winning. I would rather have a Big 12 invite for the long-term stability of BYU athletics because I don't want BYU to be BYU-Idaho one day with no athletics for some reason, if it came to that. Because if it's generating money, you're not going to cut it. What if the Big 12 disbands in 2025? You're a Power 5 team. You have a more likely invite, in all probability, to another power conference than you do. Plus, 2025, you can't worry about that. Would you rather stay indie until 2025 and just hope you get in? If, would you BYU be in the Big won, if BYU won a national championship in 2016, they would not Here, be independent for very long. Houston went 13-1 and one and won a New Year's Six game. What has that done for them? They might get into the Big 12. Jack squat. They might get into the Big 12. No, Texas politics has been a bigger <laughs> influence over that situation than the 13-1 and one fantastic season. Do you see how the value of a single season does not have a lot in the expansion conversation? Now, we're talking about winning a New Year's Six game compared to the national championship. Two entirely different worlds. The national championship is so, so short-sighted. That would be amazing. Do I want BYU to win a national title? Of course. I would rather have BYU okay. be invited to Big 12. Long-term stability, people. Have some perspective. We also have a poll question out there asking, 
BYU fans, would you rather win a college football national championship, a basketball national championship, or have a Big 12 invite? And I don't know how many votes uh, have been tallied at this point, but it's the consensus has, has been pretty consistent. Around 70% of you voting for a college football national championship, 20% for a Big 12 invite, and around 10% for a Hoops national championship. Almost 500 uh, no, no, 563 votes now, 73% national championship, 9% hoops national championship, 18% Big 12 invite. Listen, I get how awesome it'd be to win the national title, but in the long run for BYU athletics, the Big 12 invite is the most important thing that would ever happen to BYU. The university, I'm talking anything academically, anything athletically, that would be the best thing ever. Ever. Wow. At Cole underscore Duke tweets this in. If you voted for a Big 12 invite in the poll question, delete your account. All right, I'll do it. <laughs> you delete your account because the best thing ever. Don't delete your account. Just weigh in like you continue. Oh, is there I, I anything? Under, I understand the other side. Is I, there I do, anything you would rather have come on. than the Big 12 invite That's so as like a BYU fan? Right now. That's like I'm selling my company while it's early and hot. Just wait a little bit. And it's going to be worth double or quadruple or ten times that. Would you rather beat Utah in football forever, forever, and get than get a Big 12 invite? If you told me BYU had to lose <laughs> every year forever to Utah, but they got in the Big 12, I would take the Big 12. Wow! Because it means wow. that much to the long-term okay, stability I believe you of now. the program. I believe you now because I know how much you care Trust about me, the BYU-Utah Utah game. I want to beat Utah every year forever. Woo! What would you rather have for BYU Athletics more than a Big 12 invite? Keep your responses coming. A Twinkie. On the way, Brian Jeffries, the voice of the Arizona Wildcats, joins us. Which BYU quarterback keeps him up night at night the most? Plus, Blaine Fowler. What are his thoughts on fall camp right now? BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Our conversation going right now on Twitter, and it is out of control. It, it is awesome. Today is fantastic. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUS. And the reason it's fantastic, we have asked all of you, what would you rather have for BYU Athletics more than a Big 12 invite? This is one of my favorite Twitter questions of all time. Hey, coming up tonight, 7 Eastern time, after further review, the guys break down BYU and Miami, the greatest win in BYU football history. They took down number one. That team finished number three, I believe, that year. Uh, 7 Eastern time. Uh, Dave McCann, Brian Logan, David Nixon, and our next guest, Blaine Fowler, tonight. That Miami team finished ranked number three. That's the best win against a team currently ranked at the time and how they finished. It is the best win in BYU football history. Holy cow. All right, my friends, let's update the poll question. Would you rather BYU football win a college football national championship, a hoops national championship, or have a Big 12 invite? (laughs) 73% of you are saying college football national championship and the vote number is approaching 600 so quite a few have you have sounded off okay. that will end at the end of the show this the poll is, a- is over at yeah. 1 p.m eastern 11 a.m mountain time are we are we going to get it in before the end of the show we'll announce yes. the final poll results. of course yes. we awesome. will joining us now our good friend uncle b blaine fowler dual dual threat analyst of football and basketball in the college ranks blaine looking fly as always welcome back to the set on a rather energetic day in Studio B. Yeah, I, 
has Jerem lost his mind? <laughs> <laughs> you just like, noticed? Like, I, I was sitting there just nodding my head. Yep, he's right. He's right. He's right on this. And then he pulled out the Utah thing. And I don't care if we lose to Utah forever. I was like, okay, now now he just went over the <laughs> edge. Now the he just back. went nuts. Yeah. He just went yeah. crazy because I'm not willing to give up that. But let's talk about what you agreed with me on because okay, that's fun. Okay, because that's – yeah. So you – you're with me. You'd rather have a Big 12 invite than a national it, title. And here's why. Because a national title in the current situation, if they did it, it would like all the stars would have to be in alignment. Tons of teams would have to lose. Um, it would have to be like 1984. Like in that year, I remember every week um, as we were moving up the polls, we would go, oh, now all that has to happen is Oklahoma has to lose and Washington has to lose. And South and Carolina week, oh, has to lose. Oh, now South Carolina has to lose. So we were just relying on all – and that year – all the stars came into alignment. And it was easier to be ranked then than it is now. And so BYU is an outsider really right now. Even with this year's schedule, they'd have to go undefeated likely to get into the Final Four to compete for a national championship. So, so here's, here's, my, here's why I agree with you. You get in the Big 12, you don't have to be perfect anymore. Uh, and a couple of things happen. First of all, your recruiting improves. I believe that. And so their talent pool is going to be better so they can compete on a week-in and week-out basis in the Big 12. And if you're 11-1 in the Big 12, you're probably in the Final Four playing for a national championship. So getting in the Big 12 gives you opportunities where you're more likely to play for national championships in the future. Winning one right now is like, I don't know what it would be. It's you know, it, it's just such a long shot right now to even get into that Final Four. I think BYU this year's schedule could get into a New Year's Six, but that's not the Final Four. That's okay. not the Final Four. To me, okay. that's the peak for BYU football is to get to a New Year's there, Six. There's game. even a scenario. You're more likely to get into the Final Four with two losses in the Big 12 than BYU is to get into that Final Four now. Um, be, and that's because there could be a year where – the SEC champ has two losses. The ACC champ has two losses. The Big Ten champ has two losses. And then say the Pac-12 is 11-1 and, and and the Big 12 winner is 10-2. and two. Depending on how the teams in the league were that year, you, there's a scenario where you could be 10-2 and two and get into the Final Four in the Big 12. There's no scenario where BYU could be 10-2 and two and get in the, in the Final Four right now. So I just think a Big 12 invite – upgrades the program, and gives you a chance in the future to play for national championships on a more regular basis. You just have a better shot down the road. You feel strongly that BYU will get that invite to the Big 12 Conference. You came on the show in Studio B last week and stated your case for BYU. From things that you've heard and your own observations and whatnot, has your stance changed at all in terms of that? I still think they're the number one candidate. And we hear all kinds of combinations. Most of the combinations now um, are Houston, Cincinnati, and BYU. And it's, it's interesting. You guys already alluded to some of the things that were going on earlier where Houston maybe not be as obvious as people think because you got the Texas schools that have all jumped on board, but the non-Texas schools are going, we're not sure we want them in. And Houston was really good last year, and they have had a history in the Southwest Conference. Um, and they've upgraded academically, so they have, you know, they have some good selling points. But, but the bottom line is that they don't have the history that BYU is. They don't have the fan base that BYU has, they, especially not the national following. And I think a lot of people are going, well, they were good last year. Can they be consistently good? BYU's proven they can be consistently good. And then BYU's overall sports program fits in very, very well. So all of the criteria that, that the Big 12 started with is still there. And BYU still is the obvious choice so I think there's a lot of jockeying going on there's a lot of maneuvering there's a lot of you know 
back deals trying to be made in the end, I think that BYU, it's going to look silly for the Big 12 not to have them be one of the two or one of the four when it's all said and done. So I think it's still going to happen. It feels like it's leaning towards two more than four. Do you get that vibe as well? Yeah, I I think when the networks um, spoke up, um, and made it public that, hey, wait a minute, nobody talked to us. Now, you, you know that the Big 12 powers that be are working with Fox and with ESPN to make sure that this is a deal that everybody, you know, that's palatable for everybody, including their network partners. They don't want to alienate and just do a money grab. That's not going to do them any good. And so I think there's been conversations going on, and, and I think there's conversations back and forth about, okay, are you okay with 12? Is 12 okay with you, Fox and ESPN? And I think ESPN and Fox are probably going, yeah, 12 seems okay. We're not so sure about 14. Who are the teams if it's going to be 14? Let's have a discussion with you about that. Um, do we reduce the the amount that we pay for 13 and 14 because we're not so sure about those 13 and 14 teams? I think those are the kinds of conversations that have been going on, and that's maybe why it's taken a little bit longer than we thought because I think they're more involved with those conversations now. But in the end, I think BYU is going to be there. Whether it's 12 or 14, I think they're going to be there. I just see a scenario where the Big 12 can say, let's expand by two now and leave ourselves an option in the next year or two. Or maybe they wait until 2024 or 2025 to try and get a couple of other Power 5 teams when a college football shift, and I think there will be one, happens. Yeah, and, and there's a lot going on behind the scenes now with the league and the television partners to go, hey, so when we do this, can if we negotiate with you, can we extend the contract more years? What about the grant of rights? Can we get Texas and Oklahoma locked down for the long term? There's so much going on behind the scenes in addition to who are the teams that's just taking a little longer than we all thought. But But in the end, everybody knows what the criteria is. And how can you make a case for anybody else outside of BYU other than geographic concerns that's just not a concern in today's day and age with the travel you know modes of transportation that we have that's digital I don't think that's, footprint yeah and so that's yeah. the only thing you can throw out there um and I, I just don't think that that's that big a priority good thing we're not just going on trains we have planes and stuff yes make it a little easier <laughs> yeah. in the old days when army had to get out yeah. of train and with, with you know their two heisman trophy winners in the same backfield and ride the train out to notre dame <laughs> yeah it was a big deal then but when you're getting on a charter flight to fly back, who cares? What I don't care if you're flying to. Once you get on a plane, the worst part of the travel is getting on the buses at the field house and making your way to the Provo Airport. That's the worst part. <laughs> and and then once you get on your private plane and fly, do you really care if you're flying to Texas or flying to West Virginia? I don't think it really makes that much difference. It doesn't. And they're coming once out to uh, Utah for a football game. And wouldn't it be uh, nice yeah, for the Big yeah. Twelve to have another time zone that's west, so that they can schedule BYU home games a little bit later and yeah. play double headers? I would think that ESPN and Fox would like that. Now we're talking. Yesterday we talked about when, uh, if you were Kalani Sitake, you would name a starting quarterback. What do you think of that? It's it's unique. I have never seen a quarterback um, competition handled as well as this one. Really, never. And, and we've seen a number of them. I remember when Jim and Mark were here, when McMahon and Wilson were here, and they both, you know, Jim played as a sophomore, and Mark was going to be a senior, and they ended up redshirting Jim, and Jim wasn't thrilled. He told everybody he wasn't thrilled. Created a little controversy. Guys took sides a little bit, and it turned out great. Mark ends up being a first-round draft pick, and then Jim comes back and breaks about 70 NCAA records. And he, you know, <laughs> so that, that, worked, that worked okay. And I don't know that we've had the kind of talent on the same team um, since then until now. With these two. And it is a testament to how good Tanner and Taysom have been about handling this and how good this coaching staff has handled it. You worry about they've got to name them, they've got to name them, when there's confusion and there's division in the team. This team doesn't – 
they trust both of these guys completely. And because of that, there's nobody taking sides. The team's not divided. The, the quarterbacks are supporting one another. They're supportive in meetings. So I don't think that Kalani and his staff, and especially Ty, feel compelled that it's like, oh, man, we got to get this out because we got to settle this thing down because it's creating problems. There are zero problems. So what does that tell you about these two, these two young men, you know, Taysom and Tanner, that they can carry themselves in, in such a way that there is zero division? And I've been out to a lot of practices, and there is no division. That's amazing. So, so there's when does it, I think he has to name it game week at the latest. So I think at the latest, you know, next Monday they're starting preparation for Arizona today. So camp, in essence, the regular where everybody's competing for jobs is there's still some that are up for grabs, but they're preparing for the first time today where they're running prep teams and getting ready for Arizona starting today. So they're really in game prep. But I don't think will he name it? he could they could name it this week, but I don't think they have to. Utah named their quarterback yesterday. They had to, you know, because they had to say, okay, guy, we, you know, Williams, we need to give you confidence, yep. and the team has to gain more confidence in you. BYU doesn't have to do that right now. They got two NFL guys. They don't have to do that, and the whole team knows that they got two NFL guys. Michigan State and Cincinnati named their starters as well. So, so when will BYU name theirs? We'll see. As we approach Arizona now, eleven days away, this is the final week of fall camp per se. What's left for BYU football to accomplish in the final week of fall camp? I think there's very few starting jobs open now. I think they know who that group is. Maybe a few on special teams. Kicker, we mentioned that earlier. That's That race is still ongoing. There's capable guys, but for some reason they've just been hot and cold. So they've got to get somebody that's just going to grab that thing and go, you know what, I'll be the consistent guy. Um, then I don't think kickoff is that big a deal. They even have some kids that join next Monday that could kick off. You and I could go kick and, off. Andrew Mickelson. So, yeah. yeah. So, so I don't think that that's a big issue. I think it's who's going to kick, you know, do the placements, who's going to kick field goals. And, and I, so I think that's still to be determined. But I think everything else is pretty much determined. So now they're looking at depth. Who are the twos? Who are the threes? They're looking at that. But more importantly, they turned the page today where they're going, okay, now we're actually going to set Arizona's defense out there and run specific plays against that. Now we're going to put Arizona's spread running offense out there. And they haven't done that to this point. I talked to Ty last week, and he goes, you know what? Anybody out here watching is going to think that we're running some plays that don't work. And he goes, we got to get some work on certain things. And I'm running plays in practice that I know do not work against our defense, but we got to get reps. <laughs> so I'm running them anyhow. And they look like they're disaster. I get in film and I go, I, guys, I know it's not a good play for this defense, but this is what Arizona is going to run, so we need to work on it. Mm. So now the offense all of a sudden is going to look better against the prep team because that's ex- now they can game plan for a team and not just be running against their own defense and saying, well, this doesn't work that good, but we got to run it because we got to get a rep. So that's the change right now. Awesome. Blaine, great stuff. Oh, oh my goodness. Wow. This, is, uh, this has been a remarkable run through the summer, and now we're 11 days away. I can't. I, I am so excited about it. it this is, this is going to be a great season. This is really fun. The, when, when you get around this team, they have this, I don't know, I, it's hard to put your finger on what it is, this optimism and trust in this staff and excitement about what's going on. So let's get it going. I'm excited to see how it translates on the field. It's an excellent mix of Bronco Mendenhall's discipline and the new vibe of this coaching Yeah, it's staff. exactly it's right. Great. A great – Bronco established a great core of work ethic and discipline and all that. And, and now I think just – and Bronco knew that – he had been saying for the last couple of years, I don't know, maybe it's time for a change. And now he's instilled energy at Virginia. 
And Kalani's instilled energy here. So now let's see both those programs go out and have a great start. It's good for all parties involved. Blaine, thanks for the time, man. You bet, guys. What would you rather have for BYU Athletics more than a Big 12 invite? That is our Twitter question today. Coming up, goalkeeper Rachel Boaz of 16th-ranked BYU women's soccer. How in the world does BYU bounce back after a loss to Nebraska against second-ranked Penn State? But next... What have the Arizona coaches said in preparation for BYU and their two quarterbacks? Brian Jeffries, their play-by-play man, joins us. BYU Sports Station rolls on. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcasting on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 11 days away! Woo! 11 days away until game day, which means countdown to kickoff returns, baby. Dave McCann, Spencer Linton, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and Brian Logan will be back at it live from University of Phoenix Stadium and Provo, Utah, Studio C. Check it out. 8.30 Eastern time on September 3rd. We will have a one-hour live pregame show to get you ready. Come hang out with us. If you're local, uh, on Monday we will have uh, seats available that you can reserve for that or just show up. Just say Spencer uh, sent you. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, they'll get you in next Saturday, 8.30 Eastern Time. Refreshing today's BYUSN headlines. BYU football in practice number 14 of fall camp today. There is media availability today, and so we remind you to join us for Facebook Live post-practice interviews and a recap starting at about 1.30 p.m. Eastern. In about an hour, Bill Connolly of SB Nation ranked all 128 FBS teams. BYU's number 39 in Tier 4 of 8 in college football, right behind Utah and Boise State. So Utah 37. Boise State 38. Literally right behind them. And the BYU Cougars 39. 16th-ranked BYU women's soccer lost. Kind of a shocker. 1-0 to Nebraska last night at home, snapping the Cougars' nation-leading 18-match home win streak. Goalkeeper Rachel Boaz will join us in 10 minutes to talk about how they plan to bounce back against second-ranked Penn State on Friday. That's a great opportunity to bounce back, too. Here's the uh, Cougars in the minors update. Jacob Brugman went two for five with a homer, four RBIs, and a run and a walk for the AAA Nashville Sounds. And Adam Law went four for five with two runs and a stolen base for the AA Jackson Generals. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is Brian Jeffries, play-by-play man of the Arizona Wildcats. We'll get to him in just a minute. But while we have a minute, Jerem, let's talk about what Blaine referenced in terms of the quarterback conversation and the advantage that it might create for BYU moving forward to withhold from that decision of who they're going to start. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and BYU's not the only school. Arizona has a quarterback. Uh, I, I don't want to say controversy, but they have two guys in the mix as well. So that's something BYU has to prepare for. Arizona struggled defensively last year. They have a whole new defensive staff. Uh, so what wrinkles will they throw into the mix? BYU is guessing as well. That's the fun part about the first game. You have no film. Uh, but Boise State's defensive coordinator is the Arizona D.C. now. So BYU has an idea of the scheme that they could run. Brian Jeffries joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, play-by-play man for the Arizona Wildcats football team. Brian, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Thank you, gentlemen. It's great to be with you. There are so many things happening for both of these teams right now in terms of coaching changes and quarterback competitions and a neutral site game at an NFL stadium. We're 11 days away what is the number one most discussed topic about this BYU-Arizona game in the Phoenix metro area and in Tucson? Well, I think a, a couple of things come to mind. Certainly uh, a great uh, old rivalry between a couple of uh, you know mountain schools. I think that comes to mind. 
uh, you probably hit it on the head more than anything, and that is the mystery that both teams have going into this game. Arizona's changes on defense, BYU's changes throughout its entire coaching staff, and what's going to happen. And normally, you know, I, I think coaches, if they had their druthers, probably would like to start you know, playing against East-Southwest Dakota State in their first game. <laughs> and, and, and instead... And instead, here we get uh, a couple of you know outstanding football programs facing off in game one. So both teams have got to be uh, obviously you know ready to go. They they can't just ease into this thing. And so I think that's it. it, it you don't see other than those you know some of those um, TV games that are set up. You don't often see an opening game like this. So I think that's bring bringing a lot of excitement. Certainly, certainly a lot of anticipation. The coaches are probably nervous as all get out because again they they don't know what to expect from the other guys. Uh, there's a lot of conversation about ticket sales with this opener. Uh, BYU, I think, uh, maybe a little ahead of Arizona, it sounds like, at this point. Is there concern that there will be more BYU fans than Arizona fans at this game? Well, I know that's been talked about for a number of months here, and so until we get into the stadium, I guess it's it's hard to know. Uh, One of the things here is that uh, a lot of Arizona fans aren't buying their tickets through the Arizona ticket office because there's uh, you know many Wildcat fans in the Phoenix area that they're buying them directly from the stadium so sure uh, it's kind of hard to get a, a real gauge on it uh, but you know BYU's got such a great following uh, that it doesn't surprise me at all that they're going to have a, a huge crowd there and I think the Arizona fans this is a a walk up uh, school they they will sell 4,000 tickets on game day for a typical home game here in Tucson and so. You may see a lot of folks buy their tickets on game day. I, I just hope it's a, a great environment. Love to see you know fifty, sixty thousand people there because it'll just make it you make the make the entire environment that much better. Brian Jeffries, the voice of the Wildcats, with us on BYU Sports Nation. In terms of which quarterback Arizona's new defense is preparing for, when you look at Tanner Mangum and or Taysom Hill, which BYU quarterback keeps you and I don't know, the coaches at Arizona up the most at night? Well, uh, you know, I, I'll take myself out of that because uh, I have to, in my job, kind of get ready for both of them. And, <laughs> you know, I see a guy that, that, that got hurt, early, obviously, early last year that had won the job, but then uh, it's not often that you see, you know, the next guy come in and put up numbers like that. So uh, I'm looking at them both, both kind of uh, on an equal basis and, you know, I'm guessing that maybe the BYU coaches are looking at the Arizona situation the same way, where you've got two guys and uh, one one's going to start. Both of them could probably play in the ball game simply because I think the coaches want to see what they can both do. And again, that goes into the mystery of this first game, exactly what you're going to see. Uh, Rich Rod has talked about potentially giving equal reps to uh, both quarterbacks there. Anu Solomon, of course, fantastic as a freshman, went to the Fiesta Bowl and then uh, had some injury uh, concerns last year, missed a few games. And then you have Brandon Dawkins in the mix as well. Who do you expect to be the starter, and could there be two guys playing in the uh, BYU game? Well, my gut tells me that Anu Solomon's going to start, and uh, that uh, you know I, I'm not getting that from watching practice or anything. I just feel that he's got the more experience. He's got a, a better handle of the total offensive package. And going into the first game of the season, I think they would like to have that uh, that added maturity out there. But Brandon Dawkins brings a lot of uh, a lot of great things to the field. He started and played the Arizona State game last year, although the Wildcats lost that game. Dawkins really opened some eyes, uh, threw for a couple touchdowns, ran for another one. 
Uh, he is probably more athletic than Anu Solomon. He might have a stronger arm than Anu Solomon, but and yet he lacks that game experience and the, the full knowledge, I think, of the playbook and everything that they want to do offensively. Uh, but to answer your question, uh, and Rich Rodriguez has made it pretty clear that we're probably going to see both of them on opening night, and that doesn't mean that it's going to be split 50-50. I think whoever starts will play the bulk of the game. And, again, if, if my gut is correct that Anu Salman will get the start, they want to see Dawkins out there because he uh, he just brings a, a different element to the field. And uh, any time he can do that against an opposing defense, usually it pays dividends. Brian Jeffries on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, the voice of the Wildcats. You can follow him on Twitter at CatsPBP. Rich Rodriguez was recently quoted as saying tackling was very poor last season and wasn't very good during Saturday's scrimmage uh, in Tucson. Is tackling an issue right now at practice? Well, I think certainly the the scrimmage on Saturday that popped up. And what uh, has occurred is that they went through a lot of injuries last year, and every team goes through injuries. And I I've been around this game long enough. I think Arizona probably had more than its share a year ago, and so they really kind of backed off on you know full contact because they had to try and keep some guys healthy. And I think they've gone into this fall camp with somewhat the same attitude where they're trying to protect the people that they have. I mean, let's be honest, guys. I mean, Arizona's defense, as you mentioned, was not very good statistically a year ago. And uh, they have a lot of the same guys back, but they have some new faces. They obviously have a new scheme. Uh, but the one thing that this team lacks is depth on the defensive side. And so without that, they really can't afford to lose too many guys going into the season opener. And so I think they're trying to be careful in that area. Uh, that can hurt you, as you just mentioned, because if you're not playing full speed, at least on a regular basis, you're going to find yourself uh, you know, probably in a, a tougher situation going into opening night. So um, we'll see. I, I think a lot of it, uh, may have to do it. Uh, I think from the positive side, Arizona's got a different defense that they're going to put out there. Uh, I, I will say this without you know divulging any secrets that it's going to be more of an aggressive and attacking defense that uh, that was played before. And as you mentioned, uh, I'm sure the BYU coaches are looking at a lot of Boise State tape uh, because it may it may look like that. But again, you've got different personnel here, so. I think we're all kind of just uh, anticipating, excited to see what they put on the field September 3rd. What is a realistic expectation in terms of number of regular season wins for Arizona this season? Because expectations are funny. When you have a new defense, I know that people love Rich Rod and his, his offensive prowess, but what, what do you think Arizona fans are looking at in terms of a number of wins a season and say, yeah, that, that was a good season? Well, let's put it this way. The Wildcats have been to four straight bowl games, which is unprecedented in school history. And so to make it to five straight, I think, would be the expectation. Uh, the program has gotten to this point now, and Rich Rodriguez has established something. He's got a great track record. I think the people, the fans here, expect them to win those seven games or more and make it into another bowl game this year. They have an advantageous home schedule. Uh, after BYU on a neutral field, they've got Grambling State, Hawaii, Washington, three straight at home. They've got Stanford at home this year. They've got their rivalry with Arizona State at home. They've got USC at home. And so given that, and, and the Pac-12, as you guys probably know, has an unbalanced schedule. So this is the year that Arizona gets five home games, five conference home games, and four road games. So that always plays into any team that has that schedule, it plays into that team's favor. So 
put all that together, and I think that uh, the, the expectation is this team should be in a bowl game. And obviously, if things fall together, they stay injury-free, the defense improves, we think the offense is going to be as good, if not better, than it has been, then this team can start looking at you know, even higher expectations. That means you know, a, a bigger profile bowl, et cetera. Brian, it's been great to talk to you. Uh, you have uh, a few more days to prepare for either Tanner Mangum or Taysom Hill, and I'm sure you'll, you'll put those to full advantage. Well, it's, it's great. I can pronounce both their names, and, and <laughs> from a play-by-play you know, viewpoint, that's all that matters right now. So <laughs> that's right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Brian. Okay. Brian Jeffries on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Arizona has beaten Utah four years in a row. I love Arizona. <laughs> They're great. <laughs> just not when they play BYU, right? Just not, just not on September 3rd. Yeah, when do they play again? Countdown to the Wildcats. 11 days. That one's weird. 11 days, though. Huh? Troy Warner? Anybody? Taryn Houck? Yeah, somebody Hugging said refs? You're, you're a Taryn Houck hug away from BYU and Arizona. Yeah! And Cougar Stats mentioned it's on the DVR now. It's the in the schedule. On the DVR. You it's can see it. in the schedule. Woo! Coming up, one of the top goalkeepers in the entire country, Rachel Boaz. How will the team bounce back after a loss to Nebraska last night, taking on Penn State? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from the studio Bizzle. If you miss an episode <laughs> of BYUSN Live, the rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. We appreciate all of those that are watching in the afternoon. Uh, oh, yeah. This is, it's, it's great to have you, whether you're with us in the morning or with this at 6 Eastern. They're not in the afternoon <laughs> Well, they actually, it's in the morning. And it the is. Afternoon. Yeah, yeah, we've got both bases covered. In about 45 minutes-ish, uh, hang out with us on Facebook.com slash Sports for the post-practice interviews. We're going to go down to practice, hang out with uh, Lauren Franklin down there and get some interviews uh, for the show later this week, as well as live interviews on Facebook Live. Check it out. Coming up in about 45 minutes. More BYU football. In the words of Washington Redskins quarterback Kirk Cousins, you like that? You like that? (laughs) Amen. What would you rather have for BYU athletics more than a Big 12 invite? At Mick JC Daddy, in the words of Mr. Harper, Bryce Harper, that's a clown question, bro. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah, someone's, yeah, every question, you can say, clown question, bro. Okay, no more clown questions, especially not for our next guest in studio, Rachel Boaz, one of the top goalkeepers in the entire country. Rachel, nice to have you back in studio. Thank you. It's good to be here. Were you behind the decision to pick the highlighter yellow goalkeeper uniforms this season? (laughs) Um, I love them, so I would say I'm very pro behind the highlighter (laughs) yellow. They're sharp. I think they're cool. You're easy to see, that's for sure. It's better than what the men's soccer team did like two years ago. They had a red goalie jersey. What in the world? I was like, you can't have red. I know they they don't play Utah, but you're shocked by this. Right. It's to the point where Jen calls our red pennies, our practice pennies, pink. They're not pink. <laughs> yeah. But, you know. I like this. Not, not a good idea. This is pink. I'm wearing pink. Right. This is not red. No. Because, red. I would not, pink. because I would not wear a red shirt on this show ever. Let's, oh. Speaking of red, let's talk about yesterday. Nebraska comes into Provo. They win uh, one nothing. What was your takeaway from that game? 
Um, honestly disappointed. We're competing. We're competitors. So at this level, any loss is a huge disappointment. And I think athletes naturally are just, um, compet or I guess are, we're hardest on ourselves because we're such competitors. And I think that's what brought us to this level because we want to be our best. And we did not play our best last night. We played a lot lower than our potential and we have the same girls, as last year, you know, save a few seniors, but um, same key players, and we need to be more mentally prepared before the game, and we can't expect wins. We need to come out with fire, and I, I felt we, we missed a little bit of passion last night. I didn't um, see it throughout the game, and that was disappointing to me, and, you know, we have a good set of seniors. We have a deep, we have a huge junior class and a deep bench. Everyone you know, who can add to the team. And um, there's, it's just a season we don't want to regret because the talent is so strong. And, and so it's good to have this burn early in the season so that we can lift our heads up and not let that happen again. I won't tolerate that anyways. <laughs> I'm just very frustrated. She will not tolerate no. it. <laughs> well, you've got Penn State so. at Penn State on Friday, number two. How do you bounce back after a tough, disappointing loss like last night, knowing that we've got to go play one of the top two teams in the country? Sure. I'm honestly very excited. I feel like the team needs to prepare every game the same. Last night, we should have prepared that game as if it was Penn State and not Nebraska, whoever it is, every team needs to be um, the same, and we need to p play our best. and And it's natural that when we play good teams, our level gets higher. So, hoping for that, um, just to get better each game this year. So, does this is this game? I mean, you want to treat every game the same psychologically, make sure you're prepared and whatnot. But yes. this is an opportunity. This is a big opportunity, absolutely. right, at Penn State? Yeah, absolutely. This can really um, – well, we do have a lot of eyes on us because of our success last year, but this can showcase the talent that we do have even more so and get the fans excited and um, put more belief in ourselves that is there. But, uh, you know, hopefully we can play our best and, and that will be showcased and that will give us the confidence we need to go the furthest that the program has seen. How many keepers come in after a loss last night and are like, yeah, bring it on, Studio B, let's go. Let's and we're playing get, Let's State. get ready for Penn State. Yeah, I love it. I just, love it. Just You're fired up. Yeah. And and just to make sure, it's the, it's not your twin. This is actually Rachel. Yes. You are Rachel. Okay. Because yes. I ran into your twin on <laughs> campus one time, and I was like, Rachel. And she, what's her name? Rebecca. She's like, oh, I'm actually Rebecca. I was like, oh, and I feel I'm – feel like a dummy i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> isn't she on the rugby team yes she plays rugby that's awesome have you guys ever uh switched no i no? just don't want my face to be smashed in <laughs> so you want to do the face smashing yeah she voluntarily angle. chooses that but i i wouldn't <laughs> rachel let's give you some byu sports nation karma for the game at penn state yeah good luck thank you so much we'll be watching that'll be awesome go and get it done in that are you wearing the highlighter yellow on the road I'm up to wear it whenever, so okay. I don't know. Okay. Not yet. Just look look for the really bright spot on your television screen. There we go. And <laughs> BYU's playing Penn State. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you so much. Our Twitter question today, what would you rather have for BYU Athletics more than a Big 12 invite? A win at Penn State and soccer Friday. <laughs> that's what I want now. Change. In the near future. That, that's what Jerem wants. Coming up, Michigan and Cincinnati. Michigan State. Michigan State, rather, and Cincinnati named their starting quarterbacks. Who are they? 
That's part of the Cougar whip around. At least Rachel didn't call uh, Nebraska cowards. I think that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. Whoops. It's time for the Cougar whip around. Football. BYU is practice number 14 today. There's media availability today with Facebook Live starting in about uh, 25 minutes, 1.30 Eastern time on Facebook Live. Bill Connolly of SB Nation ranked all 128 FBS teams. BYU coming in at number 39 and in Tier 4 of the eight tiers of college football. Right behind 37th Utah and 38th Boise State. Harvey Longy tweeted yesterday that senior safety Chris Badger received a scholarship. Good Congrats. for Chris. BYU opponents Michigan State and Cincinnati have named their starting quarterbacks. The Spartans are going to go with Tyler O'Connor. And the Bearcats have named Hayden Moore over Gunnar Keel. Soccer. BYU sacked Hayden Moore eight times, by the way. Mm-hmm. The 16th ranked Cougars lost 1-0 to Nebraska last night, snapping the Cougars' nation-leading 18-game win streak. BYU plays at second-ranked Penn State on Friday. Cougars in the minors. Jacob Brugman went two for five with a home run. Four runs batted in, a run and a walk for the AAA Nashville Sounds. Yeah, he's going to get the call up. Adam Law, four for five with two runs and a stolen base for the AA Jackson Generals. Colton Mahoney pitching five innings and had one earned run and a loss for the Staten Island Yankees. Men's basketball. Former Cougar Noah Hartsock, not Noah Hartstock, is the new head coach of the boys' basketball team at Centennial High School in Las Vegas. Congrats. Congratulations to Noah. Future guests on the show include Greg Swaim, radio personality in the heart of Big 12 country, Yogi Roth, Pac-12 network representative, AVCA third-team All-American and senior middle blocker Amy Boswell of BYU Women's Volleyball. Their season starts on Friday, the 13th-ranked ladies on BYU TV this weekend. The final poll question results of would, uh, what would you rather have for BYU athletics more than a Big 12 invite? 71% college football national title, 21% Big 12 invite, 8% hoops national championship. How many votes 71%. were there? 71%. Oh, I don't know. There were a lot. There were almost 600 at the beginning of the show, so quite a few of you have sounded off on that poll. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need most, DexterLaw.com. Jerem? Bob Bowlesby and at Gold Yellow. If you haven't seen the Lego video of the Hail Mary against Nebraska that just came out, that was amazing! At Gold Yeller. It is amazing. It really is. Wow. I'm giddy watching it. Our elite tweet of the day, at Ben Bitter. Jeremy Jordan lost his mustache. Guess America got what it wanted instead of a Big 12 invite. No! We want a Big 12 invite. <laughs> Thanks to our guests. Download the show on iTunes with the TuneIn app for Jeremy. I'm Spencer. Shout out to Parker Mangum.